Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Cole. Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore, and as the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, I hope that you are reading my efforts in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com every week. And as always, my co-host is none other than longtime club president and Mustang hobby and industry guru, Mike Ray, who is known in the Enthusiast world as the king of connections, and Mike, tonight... Our podcast guests are all about some Mustang family connection that we've been blessed to have for many years now. Absolutely. And uh, I hope we get to touch on the first time I got a chance to meet Gail, all because of you, John, and uh, at Mustang Memories in 2013. Well, we're going to touch on a lot of that uh, because we are talking uh, uh, about the family of the great uh, late Gail Haldeman, who is anyone worth their Mustang salt should know by now, was the principal designer of the original Ford Mustang. And we've got None other than Gail's daughter, Karen Halderman-Koning, and Karen's own daughter, Lauren, which of course makes her Gail's granddaughter, on the show tonight. Ladies, welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. Thank Thank you you very much. Oh, you girls are just always so bubbly. (laughs) We we couldn't miss this. So folks, uh, in case you've been living under a rock and you're not reading FordPerformance.com or you don't really connect well, or maybe you're not in the Mustang Club of America, or you're you're just, you know, living in a shell. Um, Gail Halderman had kind of changed the world when he drew the iconic design of the original Mustang. And uh, for years, uh, Gail had worked at Ford for almost 40 years, drew several of the Mustangs that we know and love and a bunch of other cars uh, that I don't even want to get into, but one of them I actually owned was a Mercury Montego um, and Lincolns and trucks. And Gail was just a phenomenal designer at Ford. And when he retired, um, a little bit of the Mustang soul went with him because um, he was Mr. Mustang, as far as anybody knows about design. And yes, um, when I wrote my first book, um, uh, it was, you know, Mustang Dynasty. Um, Gail was, if you go to the research libraries, you'll notice he was just mentioned, but other people were taking a lot of credit for that original design. And it wasn't until I met um, Hal Spurlick and got to hear the words of Joe Oros, which was Gail's supervisor and did a lot of great Fords in the 60s, that I truly understood that Gail was the guy that won the design competition put forward by uh, Lee Iacocca. And it was his design that created uh, probably the most iconic car in the world. And luckily, Mike, it was one of your former employers, uh, the Roush Museum in Livonia, where I got myself to meet Gail Halderman and his his wife at the time. And uh, we talked about my book. And just from that day forward, it was just, um, it was like I was bonded to him like glue. And I, I enjoyed his company so much. And that's why I just had to drag your whole life into it. And uh, yes, I dragged Gail over to the Mustang Memory Show at World Headquarters. Yeah, I'll never forget that day. I remember you had mentioned that um, he might be making an appearance. And uh, so this was August of 2013. And I remember um, you calling me on the walkie-talkie and saying, Gail has arrived. <laughs> and I, we, we met him when he was um, kind of entering the show. And um, I know Donald Farr was there to take a picture of us. And me, you, and Ken Janis was my vice president at the time. And we were all standing there. 
And then we brought them over to show, I think it was the Western Mustang we were showing them. And yeah, Doug Nick Cruz was there. And um, so everybody got a chance to meet him, I think, in person for the first time. And um, just to say me and Gail bonded immediately was just an understatement. And he invited me to the barn, um, which you had suggested first. And that's how the barn tour started. So you want to talk a little bit about that as well? Well, no, I, I, I only bring all this up because a lot of people don't realize that uh, they may have you know, met Gail after he got on the circuit just before the 50th anniversary. And uh, he went down to Charlotte with me, got a million stories that I know I'm sure Lauren's going to cover a couple of them. But uh, Karen, I wanted to really ask you, um, I know that I kind of took some pictures in the barn before it even got popular. I put them in Mustang Times. And then once I brought Mike Ray and his Mustang Club down, um, did Gail come to you girls and say, Hey, I want to go do this. And are you going to help me? Or how did you Karen? How did he drag you into this thing? He, I don't think he really dragged us into it. He just started off with that one room and then he had some pictures on the thing and then it grew another room and, <laughs> and then it grew to another room. Really, <laughs> Like I said, he really didn't drag us in too much of it. Until we got going with all the clubs, and that's when we decided to come down and help them do it. Well, I know it, it's it, it did grow exponentially, and you know, starting adding cars and more and more people. It, it was really Gail's man cave, and and Mike right. was, was Moxham. I think Mike, you were the first club to come down, and we had we had a good number of that. Do you remember how many people we brought down that first time? Yeah, we, that was our first year, and I want to say it was like 160 or something we had. It was just insane, and it was um, such a pleasure and honor to, to be the first club in and to make it in to the, the, on the ground floor of what it has become today. Yeah, and, and, and if you guys haven't been there, um, you're missing a treat that uh, I know it's a lot of work for Karen and Lauren to keep this barn going. You know, of course, we lost Gail two years ago. Uh, it's, been, it's been more than two years now, Karen, hasn't it? It was uh, uh, two years in April. Yeah, in April. And after we, um, I mean, thank God, Karen, you stepped up and kept your dad's legacy going because you could have just said, well, you know, Gail's gone. We'll put all this stuff in a box and send it off somewhere and you guys go live in your happy life. But you realized how big and important it was for your dad to to connect with all these Mustang clubs. And you guys, you know, and Lauren, you're part of this too, because, you know, from doing all the big things of the whole social media thing, the Halderman Museum's uh, website, you know, uh, all the all the stuff that's been added, all the media and and the the memorabilia and the diecast, and then adding all the cars, um, it's a big operation now. Did you ever dream, you guys, that this would get to be this big? No. no. <laughs> well, what were you planning to do? Just local people coming by? Um, is that is, well, have a show or two? I think Grandpa always wanted it to be a place where not just Mustang enthusiasts, any car club, to come hang out and just be a spot to hold a meeting or a club event. And I don't think we ever realized that it was going to grow the way it did. And now everybody wants to come. Well, I mean, I I learned pretty fast that in your little town of Tip City, uh, Gail was pretty well known. He did uh have a lot of um other uh, wasn't some of your first events just all makes and models i think karen you had you said i know he was in the model t club but, but right. didn't some of those early events have all kinds everybody's car came to the barn 
we had in the beginning, we had like Pontiac would come, and it wasn't just Ford brands. We've had, you know, all brands, um, Corvette, motorcycle clubs, red hat ladies. I mean, school class, college classes to come and talk to dad about design. I mean, it's just, you just never know. Rotary clubs, you just never know where the well, I mean, that's, is that part of what you want to do? It's not just a place to come and see Gail's uh, memorabilia and some of his his uh, the story behind him, but and some of the cars that he owned. Uh, but as a meeting place, you guys and Karen and Lauren, you guys just had a huge meeting, probably the biggest in the history of the barn, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, you hosted the Mustang Club of America's summit meeting, Mike. You, you might remember that word. <laughs> How many times you've done summits? Um, but the all the national directors came, and I think it opened up their eyes to what a cool place that is. And the fact that it's on your family's homestead down where, where Gail was raised, and he that's his really his man cave, really just makes it even cooler. But Karen and Lauren, you guys weren't originally from there. You had to move down there. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. We are originally from Dearborn. Yes. So what made you want to move down to Grandpa's place when he retired? I think he really wanted to keep it going if something happened to him. And we sort of started, like, stepped up and came down, and and it's the best thing we ever did. (laughs) Well, we can uh, testify to the fact that if you are a car club and you're interested in having your meeting, so, I mean, it's right off I-75 on the way down to Dayton. It's really easily accessible from anywhere in the Midwest. So if there's a car club that wants to come down and put on a little mini show on the property behind the barn, or maybe is a, have a meeting, Lauren, what should they do? How do they get in touch with you guys? Um, we do have a Facebook page and it's Halderman um, Museum Barn. And they can send us a private message and I, you'll be talking to me when you message me. Um, we also have a website, haldermanmustang.com, and that is also another way that you can send us a message about um, booking a private tour or booking even a car event that you would like to have. I think that's the way to go. And, uh, Mike, do you remember when um, Gail, you know, uh, when we first got down there and Gail started collecting his, he had a, a convertible coupe and a fastback, and then here came the cars. And I think... We're probably, I'm not going to say we're, you know, we got the inside scoop with Karen and Lauren, but I think, Mike, you've got a car there, and I know I have one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my uh, 1993 Mustang GT convertible is there, uh, one of four built, and uh, it's just an honor for it to be there on display. And, um, yeah, and one, another one of my favorite things is the cardboard cutout of Gale that's in the museum that everybody <laughs> can stand next to and take a picture with, because in that real original picture, it was me standing next to Gail in that picture. So that must extra little meaning to me for that one. Yeah, Mustang memories. And then um, Karen, um, a couple of years into when the museum's remodeling, Gail went out uh, and put a gigantic running pony on the side of the barn that you can see for miles. Wasn't that a pretty much recent addition, or is that really like the the photo op of all photo ops for the clubs? That is well, the little off that everybody yeah. wants to have their car in front of. So it's it's along the side road as you go behind the museum, and it's I, I know Gail was proud of that thing. I, I think it's it's made out of aluminum. Uh, so it's and it's got is that thing like twenty feet wide? That's gigantic. 
I don't really know the size, but I know they did it in paper first to see how the size was. Oh, it's awesome. So, Karen, what happened to the the idea of just having a little man cave? Um, uh, how did you go from Gail's Model T and his Model A and a, and a Fastback uh, to one of every generation Mustang, at least through the first six generations? How did that all transpire? That's thanks to you. <laughs> no, I mean, did you want to keep adding one of every generation? Yeah. I like having more cars in there. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we've never had 10 in that barn ever. Well, you, you do have, you still hang, hung on to Gail's T-Bird. Um, right. He, he loved that little red bird. I, I know he told me, and after all those years at Ford, he'd never really bought a car. He was driving all those Ford VP vehicles. And then to right. buy that, um, why did you hang on to that? Did you just, were you fond of it? The Thunderbird? Yeah. I really don't know. I think like it's just a lot. We get a lot of compliments on it in the barn. It's amazing how many people do talk about that car. And even That's, the Model T and the A, amazing how many people talk about those two cars also. Well, that's an was that an, that's an O2 Thunderbird, right? Yeah. Well, the rumor was that Lauren wanted to keep it. It was me. I think it's I think it's <laughs> a fun car. I think it's a fun car because you don't see those on the road very much. Like well, you know, the you know, Gail, Gail did heaven. say that Iacocca told him that um, to him the Mustang was a poor man's Thunderbird, and he did. Uh, if you come into the barn, you'll see some of Gail's attempts at uh, drawing cars that kind of have T-Bird influence on them. That's for darn sure. And you know, uh, Karen, when he first started, um, I th- did he get the um, the convertible first or the fastback? Which one came first? The convertible. He actually bought that for his 80th birthday. And then the fastback, and of course he had Donnie's coupe. And then I th- I thought he was teasing me, Mike, when he kept saying, "Hey, you ought to bring your Cobra two down here," because you know I thought, well, guys who have original Mustangs don't really like the second gens that much. And he teased me and teased me, and, but he kept asking me. And Karen, as you'll recall, uh, when I brought it down, that's when Gail took ill and actually brought it into the barn, and he never I, did. He ever get a chance to see it out there? Not personally, by pictures only, because you brought it down just before COVID start shutting everything down. Remember? Right. Oh yeah. That day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then of course, then you were that. I think you got that idea. I said, well, let's see. We have the first gen. Uh, Gail's got his '65 fastback, his '66 convertible, uh, and then of course I brought my '77 Cobra too. Of course, we had to have a third gen, and that's where Mike came in. Mike. Uh, you had to pull it out of one collector's hands to get it into Karen's hand. <laughs> yeah, that was on display at the Berardi collection for a few years. And um, so, um, yeah, I was very, very honored when asked um, if we could display it down there. And it was great. It was a nice long drive down there. Car ran perfect all the way down there. And we got it in, and it's currently on display there right now. Uh, Karen, the rumor is that it started up last week. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, she does uh, start the cars and all those cars run and drive. Uh, and of course, um, it wouldn't be complete after having a, 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 a Fox body in there without having an SN95. So, Karen, that's when we tapped into uh, Ron and Helena Semler from out of Pennsylvania or New Jersey. And that's when you they brought down the SN95 1996 Mystichrome Cobra. 
are you still getting any comments on that Mr. Chrome Cobra being in the museum? Oh, I get them all the time because of the paint job. Uh, under the lights. People never, yeah, because people never see a paint job like that before. Very rare car to be there, and it's kind of fun to have it in the museum. And then, um, of course, you, Karen, decided that, you know what, uh, maybe since John Clore has an 06 S197, and Mike, you've got an S197. If you ever want to swap yours out for mine, <laughs> you got to get yeah, your. I can, <laughs> I can bring that down there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But then Karen, you went out and bought a Mustang. And I thought when you, I thought you were teasing me, you bought a new Mustang GT. Tell us a little about that purchase. Yeah. Well, it was a last minute thing. I always wanted a Mustang and I said, I'm not getting any younger. So I found one and snapped it up. Uh, of course, you didn't leave it alone. A nice white GT uh, fastback would have been nice. Did Lauren, did you talk her into the matte black racing stripes? No, that was all her. <laughs> well, well, that's also there in the S550. But Lauren, your uh, grandfather also told me um, that the Mustang, he believed, yes, it was a very important car for Ford. But two cars really made Ford Motor Company. And that was the Model T and then the Model A. And I think that's why it's very fitting that you have both of those cars in the museum. Now, Lauren, I'm going to challenge you. Have you driven either one of those? No. <laughs> Karen has driven the A. Yeah. So but we got to go this spring. We got to go down there and I'll go drive that Model T. <laughs> I've never driven either one of those kind of cars. And I would love to be inside one of them. Well, I mean, that's it makes true sense that. Gail understood the value of iconic cars at Ford and having those down there is, is just makes it extra special. But, you know, let's face it, girls, um, we are just carrying on this tradition that Gail started because when he got into the back room and the clubs came in and maybe they got the hot dog truck or they brought some lunches or they sat down for a storytelling time, Gail's stories just mesmerized everybody. And if that wasn't enough back there, then what happened is they came into his little lounge. Karen, you've really put uh, a beautiful collection of things in the lounge in his display case. What are the kinds of things you're displaying for people to see there? Um, he got the Lei Coca Award, other awards he got from Ford Motor Company, just a lot of different awards from um, the 40th Mustang anniversary when he was inducted in the Mustang Hall of Fame down there. That's in there. And just recently you told me, Lauren, I don't know if your mom's told you this, but I think she's been rummaging around in some of the, the boxes and she may have come up with some of Gail's high school stuff. Yeah, she hasn't yeah. seen it. I got his year, I got his diploma in there, his high school senior picture, his baby picture. And there's one, he might be in grade school, but I don't know the year because it's not marked on the picture. Mike, can you believe that Karen's found not only stuff from some of his baby pictures, high school yearbook pictures, but guess what? She found a toy car that Gail played with as a, as a kid. No way. Yeah. Is it a Tootsie toy or it's gotta be. It's a, it's a plastic little toy, maybe the size is a little bigger than a Hot Wheels and three wheels are missing out of the floor. We still have like four of his trucks that he played with when he was a kid out in the barn. Yeah. Some of the 10. So I want to know what, who was the one it's, and I'm, 
I'm not pointing any fingers, but who was the one that decided to get all those wonderful displays going and have the books even color coordinated? That was me. Now, Lauren, do you think guys' libraries, I mean, that's his Mustang book library. Do you think any guy that you know is going to have it color coordinated into stacks of different binder covers? (laughs) I thought it was fun, and we have gotten so many compliments on that. Well, you guys, yeah, you guys did get some compliments. I mean, the the to me, the lounge is where the storytelling never stopped after the clubs left, and um, your your grandfather would come in down the, and and sit down. And of course, Karen was out slinging mops and and cleaning up, <laughs> but we would sit there and talk for just hours. Um, and the stories he told, you know, I try you guys when I go down there. When you have a club down there and you call Ford Performance to go down and tell some of the Halderman stories. Um, but you know, there are so many of them that he told, you know, one of my favorites of course was, uh, you know, that when we drove down to Charlotte together for the 50th, um, you know, he told me that I could, I'd drive them and I said, sure. So I showed up over at his house right across from the barn and our Jenny's escape. And he goes, what's that your car? And I said, yeah, he goes, Oh, park that in the garage. We're taking the Lincoln. <laughs> so, and then my, Mike, we didn't get an hour down the road with our first gas stop. I ran in to get a Dr. Pepper and a Snickers bar and I come out and Gail's in the driver's seat. And I said, wait a minute, you said I'm driving. He goes, yeah, but you're kind of, you're kind of a follower. <laughs> yeah. Priceless it, memories on the, on that couch. Uh, oh, stories gosh. that he told us and well, just, wasn't, you know, always hearing it from him just validated so much for us. And, now it's funny that we can look at other people when they're trying to bring stuff up and know that that's not true. And as we heard it from the horse's mouth, as we call it. Well, you know, there, there was so many times too, when um, after coming to the barn and hanging out with him, he'd come back into the Dearborn. And then of course we get that phone call at seven o'clock at night that, Hey, you want to meet at Miller's bar? Yeah. Yep. And, Absolutely. And I think you and Tracy and Jenny and I dropped what we're doing and went up to meet him at Miller's as well. Even more stories. And that's where, and then then I have to tell everyone, Gail knew so much about the original team and uh, my opportunity to meet the father, the real father of the Mustang was Hal Spurlock. It was his idea. And even though Lee Iacocca sold it to Henry and sold it to the world, um, the, the, the whole concept behind it and the ability to make it a profitable building it off the Falcon was Cal Spurlock. And Gail and Hal were super friends. And, you know, I, I continue to keep texting him and uh, Lauren or Karen has has Hal Spurlick ever de- been down to the barn? No, he has. You have other haven't had a bunch of other designers there though. Well, we did have re- um, two years in a row. We had retired four designers come down and had lunch with us. Uh, and didn't didn't you put some of their artwork up there as well? Some of them donated stuff to the barn. Yeah, there's a few people that gave us some stuff that were designers that came that they had in their basement, and they just didn't want to store it no more. They gave it to us. Well, I sure love seeing all that original artwork from true Ford designers. So, Lauren, whose idea was it to take the garage where the Model T was and cover the walls with actual Ford brochures? Um, those That was my mom. The brochures were donated by a lady up in Michigan and we just did collages and covered the walls. Oh, well, Oh, now, now who started the die cast stuff? Who did that? We both do. (laughs) 
All right. So do you guys, I, I think Lauren, you may know the actual number, but do you guys, when I asked how many diecasts are in there and somebody says, it's got to be a hundred. I said, no, they got to be 200. They said, no, they got to be 300 diecasts. I said, no, it's got to be 400 diecasts. Am I getting close ladies? No, no, you're way <laughs> off. <laughs> no, I'm including the 164th, the hot wheels. You think yeah, there's you're over talking f- hot, hot wheels and up. We probably have about a little over 900, 900. Oh, Mike, that, that, that's about, if I had 900 of those in my house, I'd be at the divorce lawyer's uh, office. You know, right the, that's one of the best things about the, the museum is that um, if you go this year and you go next year, you're not going to see the same stuff. Karen's on a nonstop, um, <laughs> you know, tour of putting new stuff up so that you're always seeing something fresh, something new. Um, and I just, I can't give her enough credit for that. You know, it's just. It's amazing. Be like, I don't remember seeing that. It's because it wasn't there last time. Right. And part of that, like I, I see, I hear these gals talk. Part of that is Lauren puts a little idea in her head. It's your fault. Lauren. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, why don't we do this? But Lauren and Karen, you don't charge admission. So, you know, there's, there's gotta be a catch. We don't, you can't do this all for free. One of the great things that, um, that Gail was able to do, you know, I, I sat down with him for two years and just tried to get stories from him and collected photos and ideas. And then, of course, I never got around to writing that book about him, but he did have a family member um, get in touch with him, James Halderman. And James, uh, was that a, 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 a social work associate of James? Was Jimmy Dinsmore uh, some of the new yeah. James? Okay, so Jimmy Dinsmore. Yeah, they were They were friends. Okay, so Jimmy Dinsmore agreed to come down and try to put that together. We had some big download sessions. I gave him every story we knew. He sat down with Gail. And there is a book. It's called Mustang by Design that Gail, it's all about his story. And and, and you guys are lucky enough to still have some copies at the museum. And by selling that book, you're able to help defray the cost of keeping the lights on. Do you still sell that at the museum, guys? And can you give uh, anybody an idea of what that might cost? Yes, we do have them. They're $40. And if you buy a book, we throw in the 8 by 10 sketch that Dad drew of the original Mustang. Oh, the original sketch. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, you also have some other merchandise stuff from the 50th. So, really, the only, I mean, other than selling some merchandise, coming down and buying a souvenir from the barn um other than that uh or maybe what donations is that the only way you were keeping this going yeah wow uh, yeah, so my dad never wanted dad never wanted to charge admission so we just kept it that way well that's the kind of guy he was he'd open up his family um you know that was the barn that uh he was supposed to work on it was the halderman seed farm is that correct yes it was a nursery a nursery and now you're still now you're still the Halderman name is still going on in there and thanks to Lauren's work on on Facebook and on social media and on the website getting people to come and you Karen who uh well you've put on some big shows there what well some of the biggest shows how many cars have you had in the back lot how, how many can you get back there um if they're parked really good about 225 that's a fantastic and Mike, I don't know you. You, I don't know if you've just been lucky, but when your club comes down, though, even though 
no, no matter when it, I don't care if it's even in the fall or spring, every time you come down, the weather's always kind of good down there. I don't know. Well, maybe it's just Michigan. Thank God it's in near, you know, tip city, Ohio. Yeah. We've been very, very fortunate with our weather down there. And uh, I think one time it might've sprinkled for a very, very short time, but any other time we've been down there, we've had great weather. Lauren, you've got the eye for putting those beautiful pictures on your, uh, is it, do you post those on the Facebook page? I do. Yeah, well, that, I'm telling you, Lauren, some of your stuff, the sunsets around the barn, when the Mustangs are out there, um, you guys must have made a thousand friends in the Mustang community. Oh. It made friends all over. Well, Karen, tell us about that. Right underneath the, uh, uh, the, the big cabinet where Gail used to sit up there and just talk, you got a bunch of pictures from people that aren't just from the United States. What are some of the countries that have visited the Halderman Museum? Uh, we've had people from the UK, um, Sweden, um, Australia, probably a handful from Australia, New Zealand, Denmark, China, um, uh, Costa Rica. Wow. And do they usually find out about you through Lauren's work on Facebook? No, a lot of it was from the movie A Faster Horse that was shown. Oh, that movie, Mike, that movie. So if, if anybody listening out there has not seen the movie called A Faster Horse, uh, which is essentially, Mike, your buddy, uh, Dave Parasak's story, how the, yeah. S5, how the S550 was made. Um, I can't believe there's so many people that have not seen that movie yet, Mike. What's the problem? Yeah, I don't know about that either. I, I'm, I'm shocked that the people that I still ask if they've seen it, and they're like, no, what is that? If they didn't hear that, I'm very, very shocked about that. <clears throat> but I know this is one of the favorite stories, and Lauren, is it one of your favorite stories? That John, you have to share with the crowd tonight about. Oh no, no, I we person. we got you know I got a cameo in it, and a lot of us got cameos in that movie, and I may have got a couple. And Gail, Gail, of course, had a big role in it, and they filmed some of of the interview with Gail at the barn at the museum. But we all got cameos. We all got to go see the preview night. There was Henry Ford III, who was my boss at Ford Performance at the time. And there was uh, uh, Bill Ford Jr. Uh, Paris Hack was there. And Etzel Ford II was there. I mean, all the families and all the engineers, all the shooters. And Lauren, uh, all I said to him was, all I said to your grandfather when we were walking down the stairs in front of everybody, I just mentioned, hey, Gail, wasn't that a great movie? What did you think? And what did he wind up telling me? Go ahead, tell them, Lauren. Too much chlor and not enough Halderman. And that's from my friend. And all I, I may have had maybe three, I don't know, four. And he's, he just thought maybe I had too many cameos. And he didn't, <laughs> and even Henry Ford Third and Etzel laughed at Gail's comment. <laughs> oh. And that's, and that was Gail. That was Gail with that great sense of humor, uh, great storyteller. And you know what, Karen, I, I just, I can't thank you guys enough for what you're doing for to keep your the Gales legacy going. Mike, I think it's important that places like this exist for clubs who are just tired of going to the Dairy Queen. Absolutely. And like I said, it's one of a kind. If any club out there has not been there, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's going to be an experience you will never, ever forget. And um, yeah, I just, there's so many memories there that I cherish that have happened over the years. <clears throat> like you said, John, um, our, after meeting talks with Gail on the couch in the lounge there um, were just priceless and, and memories that I will never, ever forget. Well, 
Uh, Lauren, you guys really have really stepped up and done a, another special favor to the Mustang Club world. And when Gail was, uh, I think, Karen, you were putting uh, some another award that he had won and putting it in his glass case in the lounge. And then she said, you know what? He said to me, I shouldn't be getting an award. No, should be getting awards. And I said, I, I don't know, Gail, me? And he started laughing again. And then I, he said, no, it should be Mustang Club people. He says, if it weren't for Mustang Clubs, the Mustang would have been gone years ago. They're the ones that kept the fire alive for Mustang all these years. They're the one that grew an entire following. They're the one that turned a car into an icon. And they keep it going even today. Thousands of thousands of people enjoy shows all over the world because of these clubs. And he said, we should have a Hall of Fame for Mustang Clubs. Why don't you get Ford Performance to sponsor it? And somehow, Karen, you know, we talked about it after your dad passed and Ford Performance stepped up and there is now the Halderman Museum Mustang Club Member Hall of Fame given only to those club members that have done an outstanding job keeping their club together. Maybe they're the glue of that club. Maybe they're the, the driving force behind that club. Maybe they were somebody that that kept uh, a, a club in a region and and kept everybody happy. Uh, just just a special person. And clubs are allowed to, to um, send in a nomination why I believe uh, this club member of my club belongs in the Halderman Hall of Fame. And all you have to do is send it to clubhub at ford.com. And I'll sit down with Karen and with Lauren and we will read the application. Just tell us why you believe this club member should be in the hall, should be a club member for five years and done some outstanding achievements with the club and be able to accept the uh, Hall of Fame uh, during a induction ceremony at the museum. That's the only catch. You got to come to the museum to get your award. And that, since you've done that, I, girls, you, I think you already have four inductees. And this is only, what, a year and a half into the program? Yeah. Yes. And do you girls have to know who the first inductee that Gail mentioned by name, who should be in the hall, who started this all? Does anybody happen to know who that person is? Mike Ray. <laughs> Mike Ray, congratulations on being the first inductee and one of many. Um, so if your clubs are interested in having Karen and Lauren evaluate getting your club member, your special club member into the hall, again, just send a note, a nomination to clubhub at ford.com, and uh, we'll be sure to consider that for inclusion in the hall. And there's so many other things to see while you're at the museum and do while you're at the museum. Now, Karen, do you require a certain number of people? How many people, what's the minimum number you can have to show them through the museum? And we, we take one person. <laughs> that is a thing of beauty. If so, if you show up and you say, Hey, listen, I'm, I don't have any, I just want to see this place. You'll open it up and walk them through. Yeah. God bless you and your souls. And for everything the Halderman family still does, for the Mustang community. Mike, we're so lucky to know these two ladies and to keep this legacy going for Gail Halderman. Absolutely. Um, definitely considered family. Um, at least that's the way I feel like they are not friends, not acquaintances, not people from the car world. They are absolute complete family to me. And I feel the know, same way about you guys too. So. Well, you know, you girls, you say, you say that, but every time I, I show up, I see Lauren pull up. Oh, you're here again. <laughs> I just, but, but Karen and I are this there to change batteries. That's all we do and, and check the oil and get them started. And, you know, you guys do a great job on the museum. 
Uh, Karen's got more surprises in store uh, for the museum next year. So uh, for if you haven't been there in a year or two, come on out to see the Halderman Museum Barn. Get in touch with Lauren. Uh, Lauren, what's the what's the uh, website address again? AldermanMustang.com. And of course, or you can reach out to your Facebook page. Yes, and that is Haldeman Barn Museum on Facebook. And then you'll just get in touch with Karen, and then Karen, the whole the whole wheel start turning, and before you know it, car shows, club meetings, gatherings, reunions, all kinds of fun things happen. Uh, you guys are so accommodating to the Mustang community. We really want to thank you for joining us tonight on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Uh, I just, I hope I haven't uh, cut into your evening too much. There's probably 10 people waiting outside right now, Karen. It's too cold outside. So, so you, through the winter, you're still gonna you're gonna be around and for them. Yes, I got a few people this month and December too. Oh, you're awesome! <laughs> Thanks for all you do for the Mustang community, Mike. We'll we'll keep it going for them uh, as long as we can. You guys rock and and keep that place looking so fantastic. And you're very very welcome to come to my house and. Come down to my basement and make a man cave for me when when you're tired of doing Gale stuff. You probably wouldn't <laughs> like this guy. <laughs> you're probably After right. After we moved all your stuff, you probably would be like, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are great. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure you get in touch with Karen Haldeman Cunning and Karen's own daughter, Lauren. Uh, get, get yourself down to that museum. Get a club meeting there. Get a club gathering there. Put on a show there, a venue. They're they're great to work with and we really appreciate you taking the time tonight ladies to to spend it with us and mike i gotta tell you we're going to keep pushing for him because there's someday we might actually do something big maybe do some kind of i don't know some kind of series some television series down there or something you think and hopefully it'll be much sooner than later we would love to have you well the halderman museum would be the only place we could ever consider to be the the starting point for anything mustang now thanks again ladies for your time tonight Thank you, Thank you for having us. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, guys. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening in uh, on our Mustang Owners podcast. And so until next time, we'll catch you down the road. Mm-hmm.